This is Bulls Beat on Bulls Unlimited. Bulls Beat is your stop for exclusive interviews, highlights, and the very latest on all sports at the University of South Florida. With today's show, here's your host, Derek Sharp. And how's it going on a Monday? We've got some great stuff to bring to you. A championship for volleyball, a doubleheader sweep on Sunday of basketball. Even though the first game, the women's basketball win against UNF, got way too close for comfort. And then what a show by the men's team on Sunday evening. Football, of course, Friday night into Saturday morning. Took one on the chin against UTSA, but still a lot to shoot for, namely bowl eligibility. And frankly, kind of fitting that they can do it at home. I didn't mean to use the pun of the word frankly because of what Frank Harris did, but man, oh man, was he impressive. And wouldn't it be something if we're bringing you one more football broadcast in December? We'll be bringing you plenty of broadcasts this week. Basketball is another game coming up on Wednesday. I'll be going to the Virgin Islands with women's basketball for three games, Thanksgiving evening, along with two more contests Friday and Saturday. Let me tell you, it was the right call not to do a show on Friday morning just because it takes a while to prepare for a football broadcast. And, of course, we had one that night. Didn't get back from Tuscaloosa, Alabama until around 1230 in the morning. So that was a trip that I think was valuable for the women's basketball team. It taught them a couple things, and we'll get into them in our second block. We're going to start off, no, not with the football game. We want to begin with volleyball because they deserve it. And they are the champs of the American Athletic Conference Eastern Division thanks to their win on Friday afternoon. I'm telling you, of course, not to make it about me here, but I wish I could have gone to that game and broadcasted it. If there was no football game on Friday night, I would have. And there was, of course, a broadcast on ESPN+. Plus. But, man, I can only imagine being able to call a championship. And the action itself was great. So was the reaction. Hopefully you saw the USF Volleyball post of the video of Jolene Shepherdson, the head coach of the Bulls, getting that trophy and screaming in delight going into that delirious locker room and the Bulls win it. Now, this was on Friday. They had to win on Friday, as we've been telling you, and kind of played out how we thought. The Bulls were probably going to need to, in their last four matches, two against East Carolina, two against FAU, the other teams that are in competition for the AAC East Division title, have to sweep one of them and have to split the other. Well, it's exactly what happened after sweeping East Carolina. The Bulls split with Florida Atlantic, meaning they lost last Thursday night to the Owls, a team that beat Rice, which we'll get more into that later. That's who the Bulls host to finish up the regular season on Wednesday afternoon. But FAU, with that winning its rice, was mathematically coming into last weekend two matches behind the Bulls. They took their two against Charlotte while the Bulls were taking their two against East Carolina. So they were a game behind, and they actually technically tied things up with the win on Thursday night. Won the first set, 25-18. Bulls got back in the second set, 25-20. But then the Owls finished it off 25-20 and 27-25. The Bulls were very close to forcing a fifth set. Busse Hazan led the Bulls in kills with 18, and Maria Andrash had 10, but they also combined for 24 errors, so the Bulls didn't have their most clean game. They only hit 097 as a team. Well, on Friday afternoon, the Bulls completely flipped that around, swept FAU 25-19, 25-16, 25-22. Regardless of the set scores or the proximity of the talent of the teams and 
clearly these teams are close in talent. It is hard to lose, whether it's in straight sets, five or whatever, on one day, and then sweep the team on the next day. But that's what the Bulls did. And while they were held to below 100 hitting percentage on Thursday night, they hit a nice number of 265, almost held FAU to a zero hitting percentage. 23 kills, 21 errors on the Owl side. Because it was such a quick victory, the Bulls didn't have big numbers, and that's okay. They had four players between 7 and 10 on the offensive side. Maria Andrade led with 10. Seven each for Nikki Kashatave, the transfer from North Carolina, and Marta Svitkovic. Nine for Busse Hazan. Big moment came late when Florida Atlantic was ahead in the third set, 20-17. to 17. Of course, if they force a fourth, their confidence grows and no telling what would have happened, but instead the Bulls took the next six points and clinched the match. Their record is just incredible. Remember, the Bulls last year were 10-20, and 4-14 and 14 in the conference the year before, just one win in the conference, and 7-23 and 23 overall. So it really brings home how this 18-11 and 11 team that is 12-6 in the American has turned things around. Now, there technically is a way they would share the division title, but believe it or not, East Carolina is not in that mix because on Sunday, the Pirates, who would have still been a game behind the Bulls with one to play. FAU is still a game behind the Bulls, by the way, with one to play. But East Carolina lost at home to Charlotte on their last home match of the season. You have to call that a big-time stunner. And they lost in five sets. East Carolina won the second set 25-8 to and was up two sets to one. But Charlotte kind of blitzed them 25-19, 15-7. Charlotte is just 4-14 four and 14 in the league. But because of that, the FAU Owls are the only team that can catch the Bulls. FAU goes to Tulane which is last in the conference, so you have to assume a victory there on Wednesday. Meaning if the Bulls want to be outright division titleists, they'll have to win on Wednesday. And whether that is important or not, they are division champs. They got the trophy. It's going to be in their case. But here's the other reason why it would be nice to win against Rice, not for the extra satisfaction of not being tied for the division. Uh, That could guarantee themselves a spot in the NIVC tournament. If you missed our show last week, I've been saying that the Bulls are a pretty solid choice to get into that event. It helps when you win your division outright, but I also later learned that there's actually a procedure for this 40-team field, and that is every conference gets a team, assuming they accept the bid. Well, the Bulls were not going to be that automatic bid for the conference because it goes to the highest team in the conference standings. That's not in the NCAA tournament, and they were too many teams ahead of the Bulls in that mix. And then after those automatic bids are taken, if some conferences' selections decline, et cetera, there's at least eight spots left for everybody else, and that goes by RPI, and the Bulls were maybe on the bubble for that. Well, guess what? They could be that automatic bid now because Rice lost a match over the weekend to Wichita, which now is an at-large contender. So follow this. SMU at 17-1 and has clinched the conference championship, they will go to the NCAA tournament. Since there's no conference tournament, they do get the automatic bid. It's official. But now Wichita has put itself into a spot where it can get an at-large. We'll keep an eye on the new RPIs when they come out. I'm telling you, if Wichita is inside the top 50, that means they're probably going to get right on the bubble. And if they get a spot and the Bulls beat Rice on Wednesday, the Bulls would actually have the third best record in the conference because Rice is also 12-6. and six. Yeah, 
We didn't think that would be at stake, but that's pretty cool. So has been following volleyball all season long. So that was on Friday afternoon. Then Friday night, of course, the Bulls football team went to UTSA and looked like it was going to be the old shootout as both offenses got off to a great start. And then the Bulls offense slowed down. This is a UTSA defense that has slowed down a lot of teams of late. And the Bulls were the latest to fall victim to that. I thought the biggest moment, and we'll play it for you here. I'm not going to do a bunch of highlights. If you want to hear extended highlights in the half-hour show upon further review, we'll be working on putting that together for you for first airing on Tuesday. But this was my biggest moment of the game. Yes, who knows what happens if the play doesn't happen. Maybe the Bulls still lose, right? Of course. But they had stopped them twice in a row in the second quarter, including on a fourth down near midfield. The defense... As much as it would struggle, and yes, it would allow more yards than any Bulls team has ever allowed in a game, 643, but it's because partly they kept having to go back on the field, and you're not going to stop the Roadrunners every time. It was 21-14 late in the first half, third and 14. Again, the Bulls had stopped the Roadrunners the last two times, and it sure looked like they were going to stop them here. And it's third down. Talk about the run game for UTSA. 15 carries, 28 yards. That's how good the Bulls' run defense has been. The pass defense has been a different story. Third down and 14 on the UTSA 8. Remember, the Bulls have all their timeouts if they can get a stop here. 141 to go in the half. Harris under pressure. He will tuck it and run. Gets to the outside, picks up some blocks, and he will get a first down to the 21-yard line. So Harris, for the second time in this half, able to scramble on third down. Another part of that play, and of course it doesn't excuse the next 78 yards, but it, to make the point, would have had the score at no worse than 21-14 at the half, and you'd like the chances for the Wolves to maybe score at least a field goal there. And instead, it was 28-14. UTSA would take advantage of a pass interference, which overtook an interception and score quickly in the third quarter, and the game was pretty much done. Jalen Stokes pulled up on that play, and I'm telling you, if the first down marker was on that side of the field, he would have finished the tackle, but it was one of those where, you know, the player... Quarterback in this case, Frank Harris, had kind of given himself up and was headed out of bounds. But at the last moment, Harris stretched that ball out and got the first down, and it was on from there. There were some highlights for the Bulls. We'll play a couple on the offensive side here. From the 50-yard line, third and seven, Brown to throw. Going long to Yusef Terry. What a catch. He's going to go untouched into the end zone. Touchdown, South Florida. 50 yards. Brown to Yusef Terry, the veteran wide receiver, first touchdown of the year. Brown put it on a dime, and the Bulls lead. Brown to throw again, and he's got Atkins wide open. He makes a move, gets to the 10, and down inside the 10-yard line. Eighth catch of the game for Atkins, and Sean Atkins has eclipsed the single-season yardage record four receivers held by Marquez Valdez-Scantling. So Atkins has both catches and yards. What an achievement that was. Certainly wanted to include that. And again, tune in Tuesday if you want to get more extended highlights. We'll also replay the game from time to time of that one. But we're moving on for now because there was a lot that happened Sunday at the Yingling Center. Remember, we didn't do a show on Friday, so we'll give you a brief recap of the women's loss at Alabama and how 
it might have impacted their season. But the football team is, you know, 5-6, and six, and if they win against Charlotte on Saturday night, will be bowl-bound to UTSA. Meanwhile, Frank Harris, unbelievable numbers, 4-11 and 3 through the air, 1-12 and 3 on the ground, will surely be the AAC Player of the Week. And if they are able to win their next game, they will be in the championship game against SMU. It's as simple as it can shake down because SMU beat Memphis. You still have three undefeated teams in the conference, and two of them are playing each other. UTSA at Tulane. That will certainly be an interesting game to watch. And we'll certainly be watching ours, and hopefully you'll be listening. Actually, I will be on the air with women's basketball Saturday night. We'll set the whole thing up for you when we come back with the basketball portion of things right here on Bulls Beat. 